The text for the sermon of this morning, brothers and sisters, we find in the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 7, the verses 1 through 5. Matthew 7, from verse 1 through verse 5, is our focal point in the sermon this morning. <clears throat> there the Lord Jesus is saying, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look? A plank is in your own eye. Hypocrites, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. That's our text. In response to the sermon, we will be singing from Psalm 141, the stanzas 1 through 5. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, our text of this morning is part of Christ's Sermon on the Mount. So that is, we listen to our chief prophet and teacher who instructs his followers concerning the matters of the kingdom of God. He explains how the citizens of that kingdom of heaven should conduct themselves. He gives us the right interpretation of the law and shows us in a concrete way how we should apply this law in our life practically. While the Jewish rabbis, the teachers of the law, or the men of old, as he calls them, contented themselves with following the letter of the law, the Lord Jesus goes deeper and looks at our hearts and our attitude. How do we keep the law? In heart and mind, in word and deed? That's his central question, which he applies to our relationship to God the Father and to our neighbor, to matters of prayer and fasting, as well as to matters of murder, adultery, and communication. Then today, we see him apply the law as the law of love to our God and the neighbor, in the exhortation, do not judge, or you too will be judged. This rule of the law, beloved, might even be one of the most difficult ones to follow. God's judgment is at stake, as we will see. And it is so due to our own sins. Look at yourself, the Lord says. Start with yourself, our teacher exhorts. 
He speaks this word with authority so that those who heard it were deeply impressed. It was something new. Why? Well, the Lord Jesus focuses the attention of his, leader, his listeners on themselves, on their own self. That may not seem so pious, so spiritual, to pay that much attention to oneself, yet it's necessary. Oh, it's true that people have no trouble looking at themselves. In fact, many are always very busy with themselves, the ones with a big ego, the ones who want to come across good, look good in the eyes of others, the ones who take good care of themselves, etc. Especially in this time of individualism, it might be considered risky, therefore, to be told to look at yourself first. Yet we need to. How come, beloved, life in a community can be so difficult? Yes, even life among the communion of saints can be so vulnerable, so unsafe. It is because you can't always count on understanding, empathy. Rather, what happens more quickly is estrangement, rejection, criticism, or an insensitive condemnation. There's such a fear among people for other people's judgments for being dumped by others. There often is good reason for such fear. Even the congregation of Christ isn't always safe, secure for people who have difficulties, who experience problems. That's sad, though. Not only because it's so wrong, but also because of its painful consequences. It hurts when people are so critical towards others, show little understanding, and cause others to suffer loneliness that way. It's sad and bad for the functioning of the communion of saints. Therefore, with his exhortation, do not judge, or you too will be judged, the Lord Jesus commands us to hold ourselves back from judging each other. A lot is at stake here. Our communion and the safety and security in the congregation. Let's therefore listen carefully when we hear Christ commands us to show restraint in judging others, lest we be judged ourselves. Our first point, lest we fail to help others. So I summarize the message of our text as follows. Christ commands us to show restraint in judging others, lest we be judged ourselves. Our first point, lest we fail to help others. Our second point. So show restraint in judging others, lest you be judged yourself. We too, brothers and sisters, should submit to our chief prophet and teacher and his divine authority as he spoke those words, do not judge 
or you too will be judged. What does that mean for our practice in daily life? These words sound so strict, so absolute. Some people just hear the first words, do not judge, and think that we may not judge at all, ever. Do we have to avoid anxiously every judgment about the ways and works of our brothers and sisters? Do we have to turn away someone who is coming to us with constructive criticism, telling such a one, don't judge? Some people take it that way and tell you to leave others alone and let them decide for themselves, period. Everyone has to judge his own life, for that's none of other people's business. That's how they take the illustration, too, about the speck and the plank. You have a plank, a beam in your eye, and mine is only a speck of sawdust. So, what are you to talk? No, beloved, that's not what the Lord Jesus is saying here as if we may never judge anything or anyone. We surely may and must see the injustice people commit or the evil practices others display in their lives. There are many circumstances and situations in which we have to make up our mind and judge a matter. We have to judge what we do or don't do determine what books our children may read or not, or what programs they can watch or not. When Paul writes to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 21, that we must test everything and hold to the good, we have to judge. We decide who can be our friends and who can't, for bad company spoils good morals, Paul says too. The disciples judged, like Peter in the case of Simon the sorcerer, even in the verse right after our text we read, do not give dogs what is sacred, do not throw your pearls to pigs. That too requires a judgment as does the rule of Matthew 18, for instance, regarding a brother who sins or who sins against us. In our church life as well, we are called to judge in matters of discipline or for the nomination and election of office bearers. You are to judge those inside the church. Paul rebukes the Corinthians who refrained from judgment in a serious case of sin, etc., and so forth. In order to understand these words of the Lord Jesus correctly, beloved, we should not separate the first few words, but read the entire exhortation in one breath. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. 
We have to begin with ourselves because we ourselves will be judged and with our own measure at that. It should make us careful and cautious in our judging of others. Christ commands us to use restraint. He addresses our attitude towards others. The Lord doesn't want us to play judge over each other, assume a haughty attitude, and look down upon others. What the Lord Jesus forbids is a loveless judgment over others, a criticizing with an attitude of superiority or behind someone's back. Such an attitude is merciless, lacking understanding of other people's circumstances, motives. It's short-sightedness concerning other people's feelings, struggles, and difficulties. That's dangerous since we thus jeopardize the communion of saints. <clears throat> and we endanger ourselves since we thus be could become the victim of our own judging. When God's judgment works like a boomerang to our judgment of others. When you lack mercy toward others, beloved, God will not be merciful to you. God will measure you by your own norms. We can't expect God to deal with us differently from the way we treat our neighbor. That may seem like a strange thought, since we have learned from the Scriptures that God judges by the laws of grace. He doesn't treat us according to our sins, nor requite us according to our iniquity. Isn't that the heart of our faith, that we live by grace, receiving forgiveness of our sins by grace? So, judged by our own measure, by our judgment of others? Well, indeed, that's in line with the Scriptures. For instance, with Matthew 5, verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Or with the Lord's Prayer, Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Matthew 6, verse 12. We even read there emphatically, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. <clears throat> but if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. The Lord Jesus repeats this verdict as a conclusion to Matthew 18 as well. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from the heart. James mentioned something similar in his epistle. Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. James 2 verse 13. 
On the basis of Scripture, beloved, we have to conclude that our own attitude towards someone else will play a role with God in His ultimate judgment over us. And He is just in that. In His judgment, He considers the manner in which we judge others. Now, that doesn't mean that we earn His mercy by being merciful ourselves. God doesn't base His kind judgment of us on our kind judgment of others. His grace comes first. He comes to us with His gospel of forgiveness, of acquittal by faith. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. John 3, verse 16 and 18. The Lord Jesus came not to condemn, but to save and to give His life as a ransom for us because He loved us. Now, He wants His disciples, His followers, to walk in His ways. By His Spirit, the Father wants to heal us from egoism from a selfish attitude, in order that we be gracious and merciful to others. If not, my brother and sister, you forfeit God's grace and mercy when you treat your brother or sister mercilessly, harshly, Indeed, something happens between God and us that will affect us eternally sometimes. We receive God's long-suffering and compassion. But if we lack the patience with each other and show no empathy to others, we lose what we have in Jesus Christ. We receive His grace in order to pass on His grace to our neighbor. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. When we lack love in our judgment of others, we will be judged without mercy. When we don't have a merciful patience with the weaknesses of another, we won't find much understanding with God. Hence, God, Christ commands us to show restraint in our judging of others in order that we ourselves might not be condemned. When you live by grace, how can you not be gracious to others but judgmental, opinionated, irritable, and rejecting? That can be. This can't be with a view to the coming judgment on the last day. Thus, we better begin with ourselves and seek salvation and escape from judgment over our own sins and sinfulness before we trouble ourselves with judging others. That's what Christ's illustration teaches us as well in order that we may be able to help others instead. Our second point, show restraint in judging, lest you fail to 
help others. Brothers and sisters, too often our judgment about someone else is sharp and hard and about ourselves much too kind. Hence, the Lord Jesus challenges us with the question, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Does the Lord Jesus mean that everyone has a plank in his own eye? Indeed. Why would he not mean to say that? Let's see, first of all, that the Lord Jesus wants us to examine ourselves, ask ourselves, do I have a plank in my eye, perhaps? That's the clear appeal of the Lord's Word here. Begin with yourself. Start with self-criticism. It happens so easily and so often that we have criticism about wrong things in others while we are totally blind for our own shortcomings. When the Lord Jesus is speaking about a plank and a speck, beloved, we should not understand this to be the distinction between a big and a small sin. Every sin is real sin, and for every sin we need forgiveness. It's more a matter of more and less sins which the Lord shows in a comparison which could be called a hyperbole. You may be seeing something wrong in your brother's life, but how does that compare to your own sins and sinfulness? The Lord uses such a hyperbole more often. Like people who are so tolerant toward outsiders they can swallow a camel while they choke on a mosquito when it comes to their tolerance toward a brother or sister. So here the Lord Jesus wants you to think first about your own sins and shortcomings toward God. Then you will see a beam of sins. While what you are so focused on in your neighbor compares to it as a speck of sawdust. Indeed, especially when you compare your own sins in the sight of God with your neighbors, you better realize that God's measure is perfect and pure. He also measures the deepest and most secret motives, feelings, and thoughts of your heart. Let's think of that first before we criticize, judge, or condemn others. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Yes, beloved, why actually? Of course, we could take the Lord Jesus' question as a rhetorical question, That is, a question of which no answer is expected. But it will be beneficial, though, to think about that question. How come we look past our own shortcomings and faults so easily while we are so critical towards someone else's? 
Isn't it often a matter of self-justification or self-righteousness? The darker you make someone else to look, the brighter you think you stand out. When you yourself have never been tempted, for instance, to come to the sin of theft or adultery or drunkenness, it can be so easy to react with anger and disgust at someone else's sinning, while you yourself could easily be stuck in the sin of greed or haughtiness, which makes you just as guilty before God. Remember King David, beloved, when he was confronted by the prophet Nathan on his sin with Bathsheba and his murder of Uriah, he got very upset in reaction to that story about a rich man who had taken the lamb of the poor man. Well, you are that man, Nathan says to David. Jeremiah put it this way, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond, beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10. Some people keep going around expressing their disappointment with this brother and disappointment over that member or criticizing this committee, that board, or council, while in the meantime ignoring completely their own faults and failings and the ways in which they disappoint others. Hence the Lord Jesus says, look at yourself. Consider the beam of sins and shortcomings in your own life, which God sees and which you cannot justify by pointing at the speck of sawdust which you see in someone else's. Then it may seem as if they are very concerned about matters of righteousness, but it's just an act of an actor. You hypocrite, actor. The Lord Jesus says, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. When you are really so concerned about all the wrong in the world, improve the world and start at home. Begin with yourself. Why? Why does the Lord Jesus express Himself so strongly, beloved, against judging others? Because we are called to love our neighbor, help our brother or sister, and seek communion with them. Well, you are able to help others only after you have been helped yourself first. Focus on your own sins and accursedness first and seek the love and grace of God in Jesus Christ. Flee to Him for forgiveness and salvation, for the renewal of your life by His Spirit through repentance from your own sins. And then look at your brother or sister and consider what help 
he or she needs to come to the same joy of salvation, to the same deliverance from sin and transgression. As I stressed to my catechism students so often, all discipline starts with self-discipline. And after we have worked hard on that, we become capable to help others by mutual discipline. When that is done in the love of God, with the grace of Christ, and in the way of the Spirit, you will be truly helpful to your neighbor. And what great difference it makes when you are first reconciled to God through Christ's work of atonement, and then you take that same grace of God to reach out to your brother, share God's mercy with that sister of whom you know that she sinned. Let us all live and drink more and more, beloved, from the source of the mercy of God in the cross of Christ. Let us live by grace consciously so that our life becomes changed in heart and soul. Let that determine our attitude so that we approach each other as the poor in spirit, the meek and merciful, humble enough to take out a speck from your brother's eye carefully. Do not judge in order that you not be judged. Rather, help each other and deal with each other in a positive and upbuilding attitude. Promote the communion of saints and ensure that it is safe and secure for each and every member of the congregation. Addressing each other on one another's sins is a very delicate matter. However, when it is done in the humbleness of a member who knows his own sins, whom God has delivered from his own iniquity, then it may still hurt somewhat, but a gentle hand and a loving attitude will help to give ourselves to each other. Then we will be able to serve each other in the congregation of Christ, where we may live from the grace of God together and share the mercy and love of God with each other, then no one needs to be afraid any longer to be rejected or shunned or condemned and left in the cold. But everyone will share in the security and safety of the congregation of Jesus Christ. Amen.